Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush podcast. We are here to break down the third preseason game of the 49ers versus the Minnesota Vikings, a game in which, if you look at the box score, we ended up losing 31-32, to but we completely dominated the first half and even third quarter. As long as starters were in, we dominated. We actually, our first team defense shut out them in the first half, and it just, for the first time this season, the 49ers looked great. Not that we haven't had flashes, but with our first-team defense and first-team offense out there, they just absolutely dominated. So we're going to go through who performed well, who did bad. Spoiler alert, Akilo Witherspoon again. Um, guys turned it into one of my least favorite 49ers, but we'll get to that. Thanks for listening again, and if you haven't already, check us out on Twitter. You can find us at JL underscore Chapman, JL underscore C-H-A-P. M-A-N. I've been breaking down tape and putting lots of clips of film up on there. So if you want to see the actual visualization of what I'm talking about in the different plays, I'm cutting all that up and putting it on my Twitter feed so you can go through and, and watch that and just kind of get a better vision of what I'm what I'm talking about. So what we're going to do, we're going to start off with the defense, and then we'll move over to the offense and kind of see what's going on. So right off the bat, Ruben Foster on defense set the tone of the entire game. On the very first play of scrimmage, they throw a little screen pass to Dalvin Cook out in the flats. And Ruben Foster, not only did he diagnose a play, they were in a man coverage at that time, and he was manned up. So he was going to mirror him wherever he goes. But he just absolutely destroyed him for a tackle for loss. And, I mean, it just, you could just feel it. The entire defense and almost the offense were all laughing and jumping up and down because it's just one of those hits where you're just like, oh, man. And Reuben Foster wasn't done. He, he continued to make several plays. He killed Treadwell, the wide receiver for the first-round pick last year, Treadwell for the Vikings. He ran like a stop route over the middle, caught it clean, and turned to cut up field. And <laughs> Foster was running full speed, planted his chest or his head right into his chest and just destroyed him. And so it's so great having that thumper over the middle. We've already got Bowman who can track anything sideline to sideline. Even after his injuries, he looks great. But Reuben Foster has just performed so well. And probably my actually my favorite play of the game, uh, X49ers talk a lot trash, <laughs> talk a lot of trash, Alex Boone. Whenever I say talk a lot of trash, he talked trash against his own team. He was running kind of a zone blocking scheme in which he was trying to get to the perimeter and seal the edge to the left side of the offense, right side of the defense. And Reuben Foster scrapes down from A-gap to B-gap to C-gap to outside by the numbers, and Alex Boone steps up to try to seal him, and Reuben Foster lowers his shoulder and knocked Alex Boone up in the air, who outweighs him by over 60 pounds, 
and Alex Boone hit the ball carrier, Dalvin Cook, and knocked him off balance. And so Reuben Foster almost got credited with a tackle, and he never even touched the, the defender, which was so great. So great news. It's, it's so great to see Foster out there. You know, again, we had concerns with his shoulder, but it seems like all those concerns, a, a home run pick could be the absolute steal. He led the entire team in tackles. He finished with eight tackles, five solo, and a tackle for loss all over the stat sheet, playing great in pass defense and just as visible. He's one of those guys that just, it doesn't matter where the ball is, he's around it, and he flashes off of the screen. And so I am so excited about him and for him to learn from Bowman. So excited. One of our other young prospects, Buckner, man, he he might be the most valuable person on our entire defense. He just shows up. He makes plays when it's not his time to make plays. And what I mean by that is he's an interior defensive lineman. We're putting him in the three techniques, sometimes the five. And he's responsible for a gap in this defense. Well, he's making plays outside the numbers because he'll step up and then he'll turn and his motor, he doesn't give up. And he's in on all the plays. And the second play of the game, he got a sack on Bradford, which was awesome. But it was a fumbled snap for Bradford, so it wasn't like really a – true pass rush move, but regardless, it still shows up as a sack. And right off the bat, our first team defense goes out there. It gets a three and out for our defense, which was just so awesome. Tank Carradine's showing out too. You know, he's going to be a situational guy with our ones. And there, there's he's making this roster. He was a bubble guy before, and he has just continued to show out. Not so much that his stats are great or anything like that, but he's just always getting pressure and around the ball. So keep going, Tank. It's awesome to finally see him live up to his true potential. Um, He's been around for a while. We've had him for a long time. Now, this is also the very first game that we've seen all three of our first-round pick D linemen in there at the exact same time. What we had is we had Armstead and Elvis Dumerville at the ends and Thomas, Solomon Thomas, and Buckner interior on third down. And it was just You could just see we only had to bring four guys and we were getting plenty of pressure throughout the game. A few times we brought five minutes. Seems like uh, Sayla loves to bring the safeties or the corners. Like he likes it it almost like he doesn't like blitzing the backers because it's too predictable. He wants to bring secondary guys with their speed and try to catch the offense off guard. And it worked. Um, Second week in a row that we've gotten a sack. From our secondary guys. Back to our stud D linemen, though. The very first time that we had all three of our first round picks out there on the field at the same time, Elvis Dumerville gets a sack. And the funny thing is, he never even touched Sam Bradford, the quarterback. He knocked his the right tackle straight into the quarterback, which which knocked Sam Bradford down. It was awesome. And it seemed like Dumerville, he's got his role. He comes in on third downs only. And so he stays out, and it's almost like him. But Earl Mitchell, he plays the first two downs. And then you got Doomerville coming in on third down. And it is just, it's refreshing to see a solid D-line. I really do believe we're going to have such an improved defense. I I don't think there's any way we give up the most rushing yards um, again like we did last year. God, it was so terrible. But we got lots of pressure on the quarterback. As I said before, we ran a stunt with Eric Reed, the safety, and Eric Armstead. So Armstead started an inside move to the guard, and then looped outside to the tackle. And sure enough, Eric Reed just came in and filled that gap as two two linemen tracked Eric Armstead, who looked great, by the way. Several hits on Bradford. And, man, our D-line, it just frees everything up. 
Now let's get to kind of the negative, and it's our corners. Rashard Robinson, who is probably one of my favorite 49ers this offseason, and I really was hoping would take a gigantic step up. Man, he did not look good. He got torched a couple times on some inside slant routes, which it's, it's weird to say that you got torched on a slant route, but two different receivers, one of them was Thielen, and the other one was Diggs, and it was so bad because they caught this slant route with about six yards of space between them and Robinson, and it was just man technique. If you're going to give up any route, you want it to be an inside shallow route, so I get that. Kind of bend, don't break mentality, but man, he did not look great throughout most of the game. The best play that he had was in deep coverage. Uh, Diggs ran a go route, and he was with them step for step. Speed's not going to be an issue. It's all mental for Rashad Robinson. It's all technique. The, the attitude and the aggressiveness is there. He just has to trust the technique. So it's there. You see flashes, but you see him get beat a lot. Now, the, and this is kind of rough for us because Akilah Witherspoon was drafted really early, and we thought he was going to step in and be that other starting corner. Well, Akilah Witherspoon has not looked apart in run defense, probably one of the worst run defenders in the entire NFL already. And even pass protection, like he's not, he doesn't know what to do. There was an option route that was ran, and he it was just a swish route with Michael Floyd where the outside guy basically ran a skinny post and the slot guy ran a five-yard out. And so the whole idea is to confuse your nickel corner and your outside corner and you got to communicate. It's a simple communication. One guy's going to have outside, or if you're in pure man, you stick with your guy. He didn't know what to do. He literally did a spin move when trying to defend a pass and just looked very, very sad. He gave up an easy first down. They ran an ISO play to his side and basically left him completely unblocked. And it was Jarek McKinnon, so this is in the third quarter. And Jarek, he, did, he didn't even touch him. Like, he dove straight at his feet. He had the angle, he had the speed, he had everything, but he just takes himself out of place because he is scared to hit. And you see this time and time again. He loves to stand around the pile and act like he's going to get in, but his goal is to not have contact with anybody. If I was, uh, he also got a pass interference on a deep throw, which he never turned around and make a play on the ball and held the receiver the entire time. So it's very difficult to find any type of positives with Akilah Witherspoon, and it doesn't stop there. We gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown to Jarek McKinnon. Now, I understand Jarek McKinnon is probably faster than Witherspoon, but Witherspoon was loafing and not running full speed and gave up on the play about 15 yards before he got to the end zone. And I don't think he would have caught him, but it's just a compounding issue with the kilo. He does not want to. He's, he's a seven-on-seven seven football player, shirt and shorts kind of guy. And he looked great in training camp. And when we don't have pads on, you hear all the reports. He's making plays. He's getting his hands on ball. But this is a man's game. And he just does not have that mentality. Maybe it will come out. But if I was the general manager, oh, my goodness. One, I wouldn't have drafted him. Two, I would trade him. Try to. And if I couldn't trade him, I do not want to take up a roster spot with this guy. I would much rather go with Reezer. I'd much rather go with even Asa Jackson, who has played horrible. But... He has flashes. We haven't seen flashes from Witherspoon. So uh, curious to see what's going to happen with him in this last game. Usually your starters don't play in your fourth preseason game. I would have Akilah Witherspoon out there every single snap of the entire game to figure out what this kid's about and just get as much of a sample size now. But we'll see. I mean, he's going to make the roster. I don't want him to, but he's probably going to make the roster. Um, let's see here. Also, 
Aaron Lynch, oh my goodness, I missed this earlier on D-line play, played awesome all over the place. Several almost sacks, which seems to be his deal. But those are still pressures, and it's a disruption, which is what you want. He, he's got to stay. He has really outperformed what he did last year. And end defense on kind of a bad note, which I hate, Lorenzo Jerome, um, the free safety out of Pennsylvania, St. Francis, undrafted. Everybody likes him. I love him. He had his worst game by far. He made a couple great plays coming up in the, the run game, which is great. But he was late getting everywhere. He was late getting in the side whenever we were in a man-free two. He was late getting in the middle when we were running a cover three, which was his responsibility. Uh, the touchdown late in the game, which cost us the game. He, I mean, he didn't have to get over much. He just read the play wrong. And you can see him if you watch the clip. He's fading to where there are no receivers. And they throw it right to his vacated safety spot uh, for the touchdown to win the game. Well, the two-point conversion won the game, but this set it up. So... Kind of a bummer there. Tart played great. And so if, if I was the front office again, man, you might just roll with the three safeties. You got your big man, in the Jimmy Ward, coming back from his hamstring issue. So you got him at free. You got Eric Reed, who has looked exceptional. How he's looked so great in that strong safety role. And then you just have Tart backing both of them up. So that's probably what they're going to do to free up a roster spot somewhere else. But, man, I, I really hope Lorenzo Jerome, Jerome has the best week of practice and comes out because I want to keep him because I, I think he can make plays in the future and gives us great depth at an injury-laden position for us. Now let's jump over to the offense. Oh, man, if <laughs> the offense has been rough for the first couple games and you keep saying, well, it's Shanahan, it's going to get better. Well, it's Shanahan, it's going to get better. Well, we finally saw it. They came out and just looked Absolutely amazing. These are the stat lines for how Brian Hoyer, the quarterback of the 49ers, was so glad to say that. He started 9 for 9 for 152 yards passing and two touchdowns. That's unreal. That is just bonkers. Now, even if you go beyond, he had a couple bad throws later on in the game. Nothing too bad. But the guy just totally balled out and finished the, the entire game for 12 for 17, 176 yards. 10-yard average per pass, and 143 passer rating, which is just, that's just so great. And it's so refreshing as a Niners guy to have great quarterback play. And you're already kind of seeing what they want to do. Garcon, Pierre Garcon, our number one wide receiver, caught six slant passes. Every pass catch he had was a slant route or a shallow cross, which is a modified slant. So he had six catches for 64 yards on slant routes. And that's just basically what his job's going to be. Get first downs, move the chains. Get first down, move the chains. And I can tell you this. Hoyer throws the slant better or as good as any quarterback in the league. That is his bread and butter. This anticipatory accuracy that he is so comfortable throwing it over the middle, and it's safe. Um, he had the pass intercepted last week on the slant to Marquise Goodwin, but it hit him right in the hands. Goodwin bobbled it. And then the corner just ripped it out of his hands. And so this this accuracy, this pinpoint accuracy is so awesome and fits perfectly with what Kyle Shanahan does. The play action was hitting on all cylinders. Our run game is probably the big critique. Again, we, we are not able to run the ball sufficiently well. Our run blocking is abysmal. Um, to, to extend that, our best 
lineman in franchise history. Joe Staley played one series, and then his knee kind of started acting up, and he went to the sidelines. He didn't even sit on the bench, never went in the locker room, so it's nothing serious. But just to be precautionary, he's a pretty old dude. So they, they sent him out. They put John Deuce in there. And <laughs> there were three different times where you saw not only the starting lineman, but the backup lineman yelling at John Deuce because he was not going to his correct assignment. So uh, interesting to see what's going to happen there. I, I'm not the biggest Deuce guy when we got him last year. He just has not matured. He still makes lots of mistakes. But our run blocking has got to improve. But our pass blocking on the other side of that is exceptional. We have done very, very well, and our quarterbacks are doing great. All in all, Hoyer got sacked on one play, but it was a five-man drop, slow-developing pass play, and they brought five. And the protection was perfect, except Kittle was slow getting over. They blitzed through the A-gap with their fifth guy, and Kittle was supposed to seal in. He got a piece of him, but he didn't stop his momentum, and he barely got Hoyer, like, Watching the play, you think Hoyer's going to scramble through this, but he's not very strong or fast and just kind of tumbled down. Um, so anyway, great pass protection. Now, you got to talk about Marquise Goodwin if we're going to talk about good things. The very first series, we get a touchdown pass for a 46-yard bomb. That was just a thing of beauty. Goodwin is the real deal, and it's great to see him on a coaching staff that knows how to use somebody with elite speed. Again, he ran that 42447, I apologize, 42740 at the combine. The guy is an Olympic athlete, and it is starting to show. It just shows that the innovative coaching style of Kyle Shanahan, we are going to see dividends. Uh, and if you're a fantasy guy, get Goodwin, and he's going free. So you can get him in the last round of your drafts. I know it's fantasy draft weekend, so it, go ahead and get him. I know you're a Niners guy. Just get that guy. I promise you're going to be so happy. Um, Carlos Hyde. Rough day running the ball. Didn't play two great running the balls. He had seven carries for 19 yards, but catching the ball looked incredible. Uh, three catches for 45 yards and a perfect touchdown. He ran an absolutely perfect option route out of the backfield. And what an option route is, is basically you escape, let's say you're in shotgun formation and Carlos Hyde is to the right of the quarterback. At the snap of the ball, he's going to step up almost like he's pass blocking right behind the right tackle. So he's just stepping straight up from his alignment. And he escapes around about five yards deep. Now, based on the linebacker play, he can break outside or he can break inside. Well, he broke inside and Brian Hoyter hit him exactly in stride as both safeties are screaming down to fit outside for their pass um, zone read. Basically, it's a cover two that they were running and they were trying to get to the hashes. Well, as they're breaking to the hashes, Carlos Hyde is breaking inside up the seam and just such an awesome pass and catches them in stride for an easy touchdown. It was one of those plays that if it was on the 10 yard line on the opposing side, it would have been a 90 yard touchdown because it was just exactly how you draw it up on the board. You catch a player in, in stride while the defense is going the opposite way. I mean, it was awesome, like watching Moses just scream down the middle of the field. And so Hyde, if he stays healthy, which is the only if about Carlos Hyde, he's going to have a great year. There's no doubt about that. He's averaged 4.7 yards uh, per touch for uh, last year, and it's going to go up this year if, if he stays healthy and if our offensive line gets their stuff together. But I think it's going to happen because – 
you can't stack the box against us anymore with this accurate quarterback and a speed dimming on the outside like Marquise Goodwin. You just cannot do that. You have to respect that because our play-action game is so strong. Now, keeping with running backs, the rotation, every week has been different and more and more weird. So Hyde got all of the snaps with the first team. Rita stepped in at the very end and got three snaps with the first team. Those are the only two running backs that played in the first half. And then we got Monster that came in, which is hilarious, ahead of Joe Williams. Um, Hightower didn't play. Brita didn't play as a running back. And so we only got four running back snaps. This is wide open. I think the only two running backs that have actually locked their position is Carlos Hyde and undrafted free agent Matt Brita. I think Matt Breida is the clear-cut number two guy right now. He is way ahead of everybody else. And he played pretty well. He didn't do anything special this game. He had one great run in the third quarter. I'm talking about Matt Breida here. He finished with seven rushes for 29 yards, which is nothing spectacular, but it was the best of all of the running backs. And I say that except for Mostert. He did better. But still, the idea is I don't think Mostert is really an option if they're going based off of just game merit, you got to give to Mustard, but I don't think they're going to. I don't think you cut a third-round draft pick that has a lot of potential still for a journeyman undrafted free agent that has bounced around four other teams. Now, i got to give this guy his credit, though. Raheem Mustard came out. He was the third running back into the game, and there was a play where it was third and 22, and we were backed up against our own end zone. And they just throw a little dump-off screen, running back screen, and he broke an 87-yard touchdown run, which was just phenomenal. Kittle sprung a great block that set him free, and he did the rest. And so you're like, wow, what a fluke, crazy play. Well, he did it again. It was third and 15, the next series, and another screen pass, and he converts third and 15. And, I mean, the guy just talk about reaching for your opportunity. He finished with two touchdowns, and he had another great 17-yard run. Um, off of a great stiff arm move. So, man, who's to see? I think he's going to be the guy starting next week and curious to see what he's going to do. Right now, I think that the running back roster is going to be Hyde, Breida, and Joe Williams. Now, if Mostert can step up or Tim Hightower can step up, we'll see. But I think Hyde and Breida are set. I don't think there's any way we're cutting Joe Williams, a third-round pick that we traded up for. But it... (laughs) Brita sealed his spot, which is so great to hear. Anyway, Joe Williams, he finished with 7 for 16. He didn't do anything special. Uh, Side note, Vance McDonald still sucks. Um, I think everybody knows that. He can block pretty well, but on 3rd and 3, he runs a 2-yard arrow route, which is basically where you just shoot straight out to the sticks, to the sidelines, and catch the ball. Well, you need 3 yards. He ran 2 yards. And it wouldn't even matter if he caught it because he fell down before the ball got there. It was a bad pass. He probably wasn't going to catch it anyway because if it hits him in the hand, he's going to drop it. I am just – I cannot believe that Vance McDonald is still getting as much playing time with the ones. Kittle's got to step up his game some, but Vance McDonald's awful. Now, C.J. Beathard had probably his worst game so far. He started the second half, and he played predominantly the whole thing until late in the fourth quarter. Barkley came in. He had a few great throws to start. And, I mean, just great throws. One of them was perfect, and the receiver got hit as he was securing position, and the ball popped up, intercepted. Definitely not his fault. He got credited with the interception. Had nothing to do with him. It was a perfect pass. But after that, he got real shaky, something we haven't seen. 
several high throws to wide open receivers, several high throws to covered receivers, which are not what you want. Those are huge turnover plays. But even his stats were legit. Um, he finished the game, and a lot of this had credit um, to Mostert's huge <laughs> screenplay that he took for 87 yards. But he finished 7 of 13, 159 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. So not terrible, but definitely not what we're used to seeing. I, I really hope that they, he gets to play the entire game. Uh, the, I think the Matt Barkley experiment is over. We're going to run with two quarterbacks. If they really wanted to keep Barkley, he would he would have been getting more playing time. So I could see CJ playing first three quarters, let Matt Barkley step out there with some other projects um, on the fourth quarter next week, and I think that's going to be it. And last, I got to talk about one of my favorite 49ers. That's Trent Taylor, Mighty Mouse himself. Absolutely love this kid. So tough. He ran kind of a deep drag route across the middle, uh, and he's <laughs> he's almost supposed to sit down against his own read. But CJ threw him into harm's way. And so he goes up, little little bitty guy, and leaves his feet, secures the catch, and just takes a pounding over the middle. I mean, just uh, one of those where you look like he could have been flagged just because he got hit so hard and he was defenseless. But he just rolls over, jumps up. Uh, he went to the sideline a little bit but seemed just fine. Everybody, You, you saw they pan over to him on the side. And he's like, oh, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Of course, this is normal. Yeah, big dudes hit me all the time. And he was right back out there making a couple more plays. So Trent Taylor, that guy, he is going to be great. Um, if you're one of those people that loves to buy jerseys of up-and-coming players, I'm telling you right now, get your Trent Taylor and your Reuben Foster jersey because they're going to be mainstays for the 49ers for a long time. So that's our breakdown of week three. Now we will be talking about next week. Uh, we play it Thursday. 7 p.m. Pacific time, and we are at home. We close out at home against the Chargers. It's going to be an absolute blast. And the thing that's different about this is the NFL has changed the cut-down policy. Usually we would have already been cut down to 70 players by now, but we don't have to cut down till after the fourth game. And so we're going to see a whole bunch of guys that might not be 49ers. So enjoy the game, and again, make sure you find us on Twitter, and we will see you guys next week. Stay strong, faithful. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.